This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, this is Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and you are listening to or watching no BS Job Search Advice Radio, and welcome. You know, I provide no BS career advice globally. I help with job search, hiring more effectively, management leadership, career transition, dealing with workplace issues, and of course, a lot of those issues around what's between your ears. And I've got an interview today with Rachel Simon, uh, who talks about building and creating a strategic network on LinkedIn. Now, this isn't just purely about this job search. It's about every job search that you'll ever be involved with. Opportunities galore, and I'm not talking about job opportunities, but learning from others that will help position you better in years to come. Hope you find this helpful. Hope you give it a great review wherever you listen or watch the show. And we'll be back in just one moment. So my guest today is Rachel Simon. Rachel is the founder and CEO of Connect the Dots Digital, and she's hired by professionals to create an authentic presence, add value, and build relationships on LinkedIn. She understands that for many people, LinkedIn can often be overwhelming, difficult, I'll add in tedious and boring, but that's my own opinion thrown in there. <laughs> and she strives to make it fun while teaching how to use its features to achieve real business goals. Rachel, hey, thanks for making time to, to speak with everyone today. Happy to be here. And no one's allowed to say LinkedIn is boring. It's I, super fun. You just have to make it fun. <laughs> agreed. And folks, we're going to be talking about building a strategic network on LinkedIn. And probably the easiest place for us to start off with is making sure we all understand the term. So what is a strategic network anyway? Yeah, it's a, you know, something that I think we don't often define. So the way I would define it is that your LinkedIn network is representing the people, the various audiences that are important to you from your personal and professional business goals. So it's great to have a lot of people in there, but uh, you want to make sure that those are the people that are actually invested and care about what it is that you're invested in and that you care about. And thus, for I'm going to deal with this uh, transnational stuff. So, the, the person who contacts me daily, because uh, I get all these uh, notes about podcast um, promotion, uh, and I have no need for that really. But you know, they want to connect with me because they want to sell services to me. It's really about focusing on what's important to me as I look ahead in my career. Is that correct? Yeah, I would agree with that. So you know. Look, everybody's got their line of work, what they do, and I'm not digging on the graphic designers that are based overseas. However, I'm not really, if I'm not in the market for that, adding multiple people who, who do that isn't going to necessarily benefit my LinkedIn goals versus 
adding people who are business owners who are looking to utilize the platform better. So really thinking about who should you be connecting with um, and what are your goals, right? Because we have a balance of goals. I have my personal goals because I really love meeting interesting people and I have, you know, LinkedIn friends all over the world that falls into the personal side. And then there's the professional side, which is wanting to engage with potential customers, targets, referral sources and whatnot. Gotcha. So for the, for the employed professional, uh, the person who works for a company of any size, uh, as they're starting to formulate what their goals should be, people that they've obviously already worked with, they want to stay in touch with former colleagues. How do they start looking beyond that to who they should be connected with and who they should avoid? Yeah, and I, I think that like saying avoid is a bit of a... It's a strong term. Yeah, it's really, uh, you know, who do you want to put your time and effort towards? And then who is like, I mean, you know, if you want to connect with the graphic designer based overseas, great. But will that really add much to your your network? Uh, maybe. Maybe they're amazing and they have lots of things to teach you about graphic design, or maybe they just want to sell you their services. Again, no, no, uh, you know, no dissing on the graphic designers. We love you and we appreciate what you do for us. Yay. Um, <laughs> but a great place to start is really to figure out, well, who the heck is in my network now? And so something that uh, I do with all of my clients is I have them download their LinkedIn network. So you, and a lot of people are like, you can do that. And I'm sure you know this, but for your listeners who may or may not know, you have access to so much of your LinkedIn data. Uh, you go, it, it you find it through the settings. Uh, we could probably put a link in your show notes on how to do it. Uh, but you can download your current LinkedIn network. So you, you, you know, put in the request, it processes, you get the file as a CSV file and you get um, first name, last name. You used to get an email address. They took that away. You may see a few emails in there, but for the most part, that'll be blank. You get um, position, company, and date connected. So if you download that and you can, I like to add a couple of columns on the left-hand side, columns like client, colleague, target, referral source, whatever, and you can sort it. Generally, the best way to sort it's by company and then by position. And then you can get a sense of who's in there. So understanding what the makeup of your current network is can be really, really powerful because I don't know about you, Jeff, but for me, I've been on LinkedIn since 2011. I know many people have been on it even longer. Do you remember who you connected to back in the early days? Uh, probably friends, because in those days, because I was member 7653. There you go. <laughs> so in those days, they were encouraging you to open up your email addresses so that they could build their network out. Right. So no one does that anymore unless you're a newbie and you just don't know. But exactly. So one of your friends who you connected to back in the early days could potentially be in a position now where they might be a target a referral source, a door opener, uh, but you don't know because you they've fallen off your radar because you know as you build your network, it's hard to keep up with everybody. So when you download your network into a spreadsheet and you can sort it, it gives you the opportunity to really take a pass to see 
Am I connected to my targets? And where are those hidden gems? And there's always hidden gems in there. Again, those people that you forgot about who might now be a really valuable um, person to re-engage and reconnect with. And they're so easy to reconnect with because you're already connected with them. So it's like, hey, so-and-so, I didn't realize you worked at XYZ company. Like, that's awesome. I'd love to catch up. It's been ages since we, you know, chatted. Let's grab a virtual coffee. Of course, they're going to say yes. They're already in your network. <laughs> right. And it's so easy because, you know, again, by comparison to the olden days on LinkedIn, that you probably remember going back to 2011 and how bad messaging used to be and how much easier it is now. And that they're also sending messages out to people to remind you to log on to see that you have messages there. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Because, because that used to be the dirty little secret about LinkedIn. Unless you were job hunting, unless you were on the platform, no one saw all those messages that were sent to you. But now they are pushing and prodding and cajoling to get you back on the platform to see those messages and so much more. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so back to sort of that. So when you are able to then assess who's in your network, that can give you some direction as far as, well, where do I go from here? So this was something that I've had a few you know clients I've worked with when they took a pass of their network and they realized that they really weren't connected with their targets or their targets represented such a small proportion of their overall network. So that tells them. I need to do some strategic building and some strategic outreach with people in this sector so that I can start to build my network in a way that the people I want to be doing business with are there and they start and I can engage with them and I can they can engage with me and we can build that relationship to hopefully go down the road of, you know, a business conversation. So just to recap what we've covered so far, because we're about to segue. You know, we've talked about, let's first identify who's in the network, what positions they hold, where they work. Uh, and thus you can identify the less attractive people to you versus the more attractive people to you. The ones who, shall we say, you can obtain benefit from and thus reconnecting. But now we're segueing to how do you build that network? Uh, how do you develop a, a strategic network of relationships so that it benefits you and, of course, benefits other people? So where does someone start? Yeah, so uh, a good place to start, again, is to think about, well, what are the uh, who are the people I want to be engaging with, right? Who are the people that are important to me as far as my business goals are concerned? So spending some time doing some utilizing search. I think the even the free, you know, the 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 basic LinkedIn search is pretty powerful depending on how you utilize the filters, right? So filters. <laughs> let's use a scenario where you are looking for, you know, marketing uh, directors based in. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm going to say Atlanta, Georgia. So just by using, you know, the location filter of greater Atlanta metropolitan area, uh, searching for your second degree connection. So you already have somebody in common and you can put in various titles. You can put in various companies if there's certain companies that you're looking to build some relationships within. And that'll give you an idea of who those people are so that you can do a couple of things. 
if there's somebody who comes up who you have a ton of connections with, and you may actually even maybe know them in the real world, but you didn't realize you weren't connected on LinkedIn, that's an easy connection request. Always personalize it. Find something to say, please don't just say, I'd like to add you to my professional network. (laughs) No! Um, I also would highly discourage saying generic things like, I'm looking to add professionals in the marketing space. Like there's so much information in people's LinkedIn profiles, go to their profile, find something that you can reference, whether that's something within their profile, a piece of content, something, please. It takes two minutes and it ma- it makes such a big impact. Be a human being, folks. Don't be a drone. Right. drone drones use the the offerings that LinkedIn gives you that are so boring and bland so that boring. you and that you recognize right away. There's no humanity in them. Exactly. And I always like to say that um, if something would be awkward in person, it's just as awkward on LinkedIn. So like put yourself in a face-to-face scenario. If you walked up to somebody at a networking event, stuck out your hand and was like, I'd like to add you to put my professional network. They'd look at you like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> Where's Where shall I count the ways? How shall I count the ways? <laughs> Just to like, it, would this be awkward in person? If your answer is yes, then don't do it. Um, so again, I was saying that if there's somebody who seems like they would be an e- easily added to your network because you have a lot of people in common, you can go that route. If there's somebody who you would looking to start to build that relationship and that rapport with, if they're an active content creator, meaning they're posting, and I define active as at least one post a week. You don't have to post a million times a day. If they're creating one post a week, I would consider that to be active. Start engaging with their content. Drop a meaningful comment. Go back, see what they're posting. You can start to build that rapport because you and I are both content creators. Believe me, when people comment on my post that I'm not connected to, I'm going to go check out their profile. I appreciate uh, when my second and third degree connections start to engage with my content because they're seeing me somewhere. I want to understand a little bit about them. Uh, Also, looking at their content can give you some something to talk about in a connection request. Hey, Jeff, I saw your post about, you know, X, Y, Z. That was really interesting. You know, what, um, what do you think about, blah, 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 you know, hope to connect. Great. If anytime anybody references a piece of content in a connection request, I'm going to connect with them because they took the time to go and check out my profile and check out my content. So starting to build that rapport goes a long way in relationship building. And, and there's a difference between relationship building and adding numbers. Yes. People add a lot of numbers. They don't build relationships. And the, the problem becomes, there comes the point where you want someone to do something for you. And we're not talking about a strategy for when you're aggressively looking for work and you're trying to connect with thousands of people and going, hey, do you know of any jobs? You know, no one... You don't want to be the recipient of those emails or messages, and they don't want to be the recipient from you. So it really, you got to invest the time to build a relationship so that over time, people want to do stuff, not because you're demanding it, but because they want to. 
Right. Yeah. You're building that social capital, right? You're building that, um, that goodwill so that when you do need something and maybe it is, maybe it is a door opener for a job. Maybe it's, Hey, you know, I just put this, um, new blog out. I spent a lot of time on it. I'm trying to get a little bit more like eyeballs on it. I'd love to have your, you know, you chime in. You don't want to ask just any random person to comment on your post. People do that. And I'm like, and you are, who are you? (laughs) But if somebody that I have a long-term relationship with on LinkedIn sent me a piece of their content because they're really trying to get it seen because it's important to them. Uh, of course I'm going to help them out because they would help me out. So it's that relationship building, right? Again, would it, would you do it in the real world? If somebody random stranger walked up and needed your help now, if they're stranded on the side of the road with a flat tire, you probably would help them. But in other, you know, non extreme situations, you'd probably be like, no, no, thanks. (laughs) There's no reason to. You know, it's like being approached by someone asking you for money. You know, maybe someone catches you on a day where you're feeling empathetic, but I'm an ex-New Yorker. And I was in New York. You're you're being approached by people incessantly uh, panhandling, and you just can't respond to everyone. It's Uh, true. It's true. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're not a a kind and empathetic person. It's, It's just sort of what the situation, I mean, you know. You can't yeah. give everybody $10 to help them because then you would be the one out there asking for help. Pretty quickly, yes. Right. Yeah. So, so what I've heard you talk about now is connecting with people who it makes sense for you to connect with and working on building a relationship. And in building that relationship, like it's commenting on their posts, commenting on their articles, I'm hearing commenting a lot uh, as being part of this uh, so that they notice you. Am I interpreting that correctly? Yes, commenting. I actually wrote, uh, I post about commenting a fair amount. And uh, because it's so powerful, uh, it can stand in when you don't know what to write one day. If you're having writer's block and you're like, I have no idea what to write, just spend time commenting because that commenting gives... uh, I think I've described it as a win, win, win. It's a win for you because it gives you, you know, you don't know what to write. You spend some time commenting that gets you seen in the newsfeed uh, and seen potentially by a broader network based on your, you know, your, your first degree connections, uh, their network who you're not connected to the seconds and thirds might see your comment. It's a win for the person writing the post because their content's going to get more um, amplification and it's a win for you um, in another way is that your comment, you could actually take that comment if it's a good one and turn that into its own standalone post down the road. So commenting is super, super important. Um, yeah, all about definitely worth time well spent in the comments. And thus part of what you want to be doing folks is developing an identity on LinkedIn. Uh, and that's about the relationship but to be seen as an expert on whatever your expertise is. So that when search firms and search professionals, which could be institutional search professionals, are out there looking for someone, you want to differentiate yourself from the people who are 
applying. You know, they're coming through the applicant tracking system. You know, they're trying to cut through the, the noise uh, and be seen. And you want to be the one that they're able to find. Now, there's no guarantee about that, obviously. But the, the notion that you can write a comment that's noticed by people, that it's intelligence uh, and its suitability for the subject causes someone to go, huh, well, let me take a look at them for a second. Yeah. You know, it just occurred to me, uh, and I is it's almost like um, demonstrated interest. So I have a senior in high school. So we're going through the whole college application process and colleges, some of them really, really want to see that the students who are applying have demonstrated interest in that school, meaning they're engaging, they're opening the emails that are coming from the school. They're engaging on social media posts from the school, but they've taken a tour or they've done a virtual tour or whatever. You can almost think about that as demonstrated interest on LinkedIn as an applicant to the target company. Don't you think that like if a company is seeing an applicant more engaged with decision makers pose on the company page, this and the other, that might rise above some of the others. Um, yeah. And, and it reminds me of an Instagram strategy, of course, which is taking a contact that you meet on one platform like LinkedIn and then going over to Insta to see if there's, you know, a way that you can cut through yes. the noise that so often exists on LinkedIn and really comment on, on, a photograph, a video, what have you on Instagram uh, and start building that connection while concurrently doing what you can on LinkedIn. And, and again, I keep thinking in terms of time. You know, you and I, this is our business. Right. This is what we do to promote ourselves um, and to stand out from the pack for us. And I, I, it seems like commenting is like the home run way of having major impact with i don't want to say minimal effort you you can't just do a thumbs up no or a great post definitely don't say that or thank you that's just a it's garbage yeah it doesn't do anything yeah so i'm, I'm glad you brought up the timing because i think uh and i i posted about this recently as well you can get a lot done in 30 to 45 minutes a day so there's a couple of ways that that can be done. Uh, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 15 minutes in the evening. I think like most people, I don't, I'm rarely far from this thing. What's, it's usually, the, what's, what's that you got? This thing, <laughs> uh, it's pretty much like with me all the time. For, for, for folks who are going to listen to this as a podcast, she was holding up her phone. My by phone, the way. my phone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And I spend plenty of time scrolling, aimlessly scrolling Facebook, aimlessly scrolling Instagram, looking at food videos, okay? I'm sure there's people listening who aimlessly scroll TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. Don't plan on it at this point. Um, Twitter, if you take some of that time <laughs> that you're spending aimlessly on other social media platforms and direct it meaningfully on LinkedIn. There you go. Spend some time in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Drop two to three comments in each time slot. You can do it. Like that's doable. That's doable. You know, when you're waiting in line or waiting in the waiting room at the doctor's office, 
spend your time scrolling LinkedIn versus scrolling something else where you are not, there's no opportunity for you to engage meaningfully. So just redirecting your time can, can um, make that a doable process. And then the more you, it's like building any habit, the more you build that habit, the more natural it becomes. And then you actually want to spend more time there. So in comments, can you add an image to a comment or is that just flat? You can add an image, you can add a GIF, like you can have fun with it, you know. Also, the other thing I love about comments, I know we kind of segued a bit from like the networking piece, but it all goes together, is that you can really show your personality through the comments. You can have a little sense of humor. You, I mean, you can have a sense of humor in your content too, but some people are quite comfortable with that from the, from the jump. But you can have a little fun in the comments. You can, you know, be a little bit lighthearted. You can, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm so serious. I'm such a professional. Like, show your personality, have some fun, but add value in your comment. Don't be stupid, folks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say for the most part, most people on LinkedIn are on pretty good behavior when it comes to social media in comparison to some of the other platforms. There's always some eyebrow raising things from time to time. But for the most part, I think because it's a more professional network and again, your current and future employers are looking at, like are there. You don't want to be saying something really stupid that's going to get you in trouble. Now, coming back to networking, because I pull this back over to the content there for a second, what sorts of things, what other sorts of things should people be doing to enhance their network, do the strategic networking that's going to serve them for many years of their career? Yeah, well, I think another piece that thankfully is coming back uh, and it's on my mind because I'm going to a conference next week is in-person stuff. So when you're out and about, when you're going to a conference, you're going to a networking event, you know, you take the opportunity to connect with people that you meet there. And on your phone, on your mobile app is this nifty little QR code that, in the, that you can use that makes it so easy to just like open it up, scan, boom, connection request sent. Those would be the cases when you don't need to add a note because like if I just meet you and of course, you know who I am, you know where we met. Uh, so really leveraging networking opportunities when they present themselves, because why wouldn't you connect with people that you are meeting out and about in the real world, right? If you're going, if you're invited to a, a if you attend a webinar, whether, you know, Zoom or a workshop, drop your LinkedIn profile in the chat. Hey, happy to connect with anybody who's attending here today. Just so taking advantage of opportunities when they present themselves, whether those are virtual or in-person, I think is a really great way to uh, continue to build good people in your network. I always think in terms, folks, of who knows about you. And, you know, if you're well-known in your company, great. You work for a 50,000-person company. 50 know about you? 100 know about you? Maybe? Uh, and how do you develop the relationship so more people know about you? So you get to the front of the line in more situations. Um, and doing stuff like Rachel's talking about, 
is a, it, it makes such a difference in these small, simple steps to promote yourself and identify yourself as an expert. It really does make a difference. So you're going to a conference, you're going to be meeting people, you're going to be promoting yourself and connecting with people uh, who you meet there. What other sorts of things can people do? Um, I mean, I think that, you know, using the direct messaging the right way. And I say the right way because there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is when we connect. Hey, Jeff, great to connect with you. Blah, blah, blah. Here's everything you'd ever want to know about me. Would you like to get on a call, schedule a call? Like, hello, random stranger. No. (laughs) Random stranger of Pakistan who would like to speak to me. Yes. So uh, that's, you know, lovingly referred to in our world as pitch slapping. When you immediately connect with somebody and then they send you a, a pitch and the that can be, there's, there's multiple things that I think are problematic with that. Number one, again, this is like an, a new person for you. They don't, you don't, they don't know you, you don't know them. So asking somebody for 15 minutes of their time is a little presumptuous, I think. Now, if you've been going back and forth, engaging with their content for a while, that's a different story, I think, because you already have built that sort of foundation of your, of your rapport. And so it can be much easier to convert that into a conversation. Uh, Another thing that people often do too often is they immediately send a link to some resource from the jump. Now it might be an awesome resource, but some people can take that as being a bit presumptuous. A better strategy would be, I have, I have a LinkedIn profile checklist. Would you be interested in uh, receiving it? Asking permission to send a link or I have, you know, I've got a great new blog about uh, building relationships on LinkedIn with lots of tips, which, you know, may I send it to you? Asking permission. Now, everybody, you may only get a handful of people who say yes, but you've given them the opportunity versus you're throwing it at them. You've, you qualify them uh, right. in, in a sense because otherwise you're a spammer and no one wants to think, no one wants to be thought of as a spammer but that's what you're being right you know and it was interesting because I had a I, I come in I'm in a, a great networking group um, called success champion networking and you know I, I've gone in and, and teach at lots of the different uh, group meetings in different cities. It's all done virtually. That's how I can get myself to different places all over the country. And uh, I was in one a couple of months ago, and one of the uh, women in the, in that group was like, you know, I I I really genuinely want to get to know my new connections, but when I send my Calendly link, I don't get a lot of responses. And and I I empathize with her because I I know she wasn't trying to spam people. Uh, she genuinely did want to get to know people, but I said, you know, think about it from their perspective. If, if they're getting five messages a day and every one of those people is asking for 15 minutes of their time, that's an hour and 15 minutes that of their time that's being requested per day. Like 
you have to think about what that feels like. And, and that can be perceived again as presumptuous versus build that relationship and then earn the right to ask for a call. Agreed. Uh, I get four or five daily. Right. <laughs> and, you know, at this point, I don't respond to any of them unless there's some hook that, that catches my eye. And it's so rare at this point uh, because it looks like a bad habit's been created. Yeah, you know, and, I, bit, and I do really think that for I'm going, you know, I kind of go on the the side of good intentions. Like I think most people mm -hmm. have good intentions and they legitimately like want to get to know people, but it can just like, if I gave everybody 15 minutes, I would literally have no time to do anything else. Of course. Now I'm going to surprise you here for a second. And that is in your intro, you spoke about making LinkedIn fun. How do you make LinkedIn fun while doing this strategic networking? Yeah, you connect with fun people. I mean, that's really how I make it fun. I I have amazing, fun, entertaining, brilliant people in my network that I have built relationships with over the last several years. And so their content is both entertaining and educational. I, you know, we go back and forth in the DMs. I've met several of them in person. Like you make it fun based on who's in your network and how you engage with them. Uh, you know, and that's really it. it. It's not rocket science. It's really about going in with the intention of I'm going to build a, really, uh, a network that serves me and I like, I really do want it to serve your personal and your professional goals because we bring our full self to work. So why would we not bring our full self to our LinkedIn presence? I mean, you're supposed to be professional, you know, <laughs> stuffed shirts, boring, bull. No, I mean, I always like whenever anybody, you know, pushes back on that stuff. My response is, you know, when I worked in an office, I worked in an office, offices for 15 years, talked about my kids. I talked about my husband. I talked about what the heck was I going to make for dinner? I talked about what my favorite TV show was or what restaurant I went to over the weekend. You talk about your life with your colleagues. So peppering in your life into your LinkedIn profile and your LinkedIn presence is what makes it fun. If it's all case studies and white papers, ugh, boring. Ugh, it's right. What haven't we covered yet that we really should? Um, because I know there's a million parts of LinkedIn now. Unlike back when I started with it, and it was have a profile, connect with people that you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we hit a lot of the high points. Like, right, know who's in your network. Think about who. We, like who are the people you should be bringing in like new connections, Mis make sure you're really working on your current connections. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to forget who's in your current network using comments and content to become top of mind, right? That's what gets you seen in the newsfeed. Cause it's really easy to forget about people. I mean, no offense to anybody listening, but you know, you LinkedIn is serving you to a, a very small subset of your network. And at any given point, 
this subset that you were being served to three months ago may not be seeing you and they probably forgot about you. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. It happens all the time. Like I, I, I it, something will occur to me like, gosh, you know, I haven't seen this person's content in ages. Like, where do they go? And it's probably just for whatever reason, the algorithms decided to serve me someone else's content. There's only so much you can see in any given time. So do yourself a favor and just try to remain as top of mind as possible so that people don't forget about you. Amen. Rachel, this has been fun. How can people find out more about you and the work that you do? They can find me on LinkedIn. Hey, what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the URL to your LinkedIn page? Uh, it's uh, R-A-K Simon. That's my, the end of my LinkedIn, you know, URL. Or you can just look me up, Rachel Simon. You'll see uh, I have a teal background and I've got big curly red hair. I'm pretty easy to spot. Um, and having good branding helps to, to stand out. That's another topic for another conversation. <laughs> and maybe we'll do that one too. Rachel, thank you. I appreciate you making time. And folks, we'll be back soon with more. I'm Jeff Alpin, The Big Game Hunter. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to this as a podcast, share it, leave a comment, do something that lets people know it was worthwhile. Also, visit my website, TheBigGameHunter.us. There's a ton in the blog that'll help you. Plus, you can find out about my courses, books, and guides. Schedule time for a coaching session with me. I'd love to help. Lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn if we're not already connected at LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash TheBigGameHunter. Have a terrific day, and most importantly, be great. Take care.